Good evening and welcome along to Monday Night Football. Since there's no Sky Sports Monday Night Football, I thought why not create a wee live on the Red Tinted Glasses YouTube channel. Callum has been enjoying Leeds Festival and missed out on the five-goal thriller at Pataudry, so his able deputy, Phil Mayer, is stepping in for his first appearance of the season, Phil. Nice of you to get on the show to discuss a win and plenty of positives because that wasn't the case last season. Yeah, no, I think I think most of my stuff was um, doom and gloom last year during the, the relegation scrap, so it's, it's a fine change. Yeah, a- absolutely, and we're certainly getting value for money uh, at Pataudry this season because that's three home games, five goals in all the in all the home games, so value for money on the pitch if you're not getting it in the pie stalls. Exactly, I know, where we're getting ripped off for our steak pies, you know, yeah. is definitely uh, making it up on the grass. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's the first clean sheet um, that we've had in that red kit, of course. We mentioned that last week. So um, really enjoyable um, afternoon in, in fine weather and an unchanged team um, named by Jim Goodwin to face Livingston. The only change coming on the bench where Matty Kennedy came in for Christian Ramirez. Been looking for a, a tattoo removal artist yet? Um, you know, it's it's going to be quite tough to cover up. There's a lot of colour there, but um, I'm I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. I've not seen any um, airport pics yet, so so um, yeah. he might still stay. Yeah, well, there's a lot of red and yellow on the leg, so maybe it can be morphed a little bit into a Macedonian flag. We never know. But I, I thought I thought I'd have to get that in with you coming on and and him not being in the squad. It's it's only fair. I've already received enough powders for the number change anyway, so it's it's expected. Yeah, well, you're a man of your word and you, you committed to it, so fair play for that. And I suppose fair play to Livingston as well. When I, when you and Rankin came on the podcast on, on the last episode, he said Livingston would probably come up here and look to frustrate Aberdeen. And I think, Phil, it's safe to say they did that for the opening half an hour. Once again, that's three home games. Yes, we've ultimately had five goals once again, but it's that opening period that really is, is it cause for concern or just one of these things that we can't quite get right? I mean, you could argue it's maybe cause for concern. I mean, the way I've looked at it is there's clearly an issue with struggling against physical teams. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're quite quite slow in getting into the game. And we seem to struggle to deal with, for example, on Saturday, Nubly caused so much problems for the back line mm-hmm. in the midfield. Um, but no, I think I think it might just be the way that, that Goodwin's obviously trying to play. We're, we're trying mm-hmm. to play out from the back, try to keep possession of the ball. So it's always going to be a be a slow burner but like you say I mean Livy were always going to come in and make it difficult they're a big team they're a strong team so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't look too much into it really um, if it sort of improves over time. Yeah and that's I guess what Paul's saying in the comments there we need to start games better and can we score against the bigger teams this will come on to maybe the goal scoring um, in a little minute um, certainly later on in the episode when we get to that point when the goals do start flowing but I think it is is a concern because you know probably against the teams like St Mirren, Livingston, Motherwell with no disrespect to any of their fans who may be tuning into this episode you do expect as Aberdeen as a home team when Jim Goodwin says he wants to turn Pataudry into that fortress you know we we should be starting games on the front foot and, and you know there's a few people behind me in the red shed kept you know the same shout why do we feel like we're in a wayside here? It didn't feel like we kind of asserted that authority that you would expect from a home side. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those things where, no offence to, to teams like Livingston and Motherwell, but 
their teams we should be looking at Stamford Authority on. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have the games in the season where we don't get the ball much against Rangers and Celtic or where the possession's relatively even against Hearts and Hibs. Um, and especially at home, you know, we're, we're trying to build that sort of feel-good atmosphere again. Um, and I think getting getting off the front foot quickly and definitely sort of trying to, to dominate games early on um, is, is really something we should be looking to do. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, we spoke about this after the Motherwell game, myself and Callum, about our weakness almost being the right-hand side um, of our defence. And again, you know, I think Jaden Richardson did a lot of positives, but again, that was probably in the early stages where Livingston were getting that success. And there was a bit of, in the defence in general, a bit of unease. And I think that that was a bit of cause for concern for me. But, you know, the the good thing, I suppose, when we get into the real depths of this episode is that this is just a little minor thing for us to, a minor negative to, to look at on the grand scheme of things because we overcame it. Thankfully, we, we weren't punished by, by Livingston and, you know, we will be talking about a fine three points uh, overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, Especially in the first half, both fullbacks were were, were struggling defensively. Um, I think second half Richardson really kind of came into his own a little bit um, mm. and, and had a really good second half. Um, and even even Scales and Stewart, like I previously mentioned, they really struggled with Newblay the first the first half hour. It seemed to be every ball that went up to him, we were spun. Um, so it is it is a little bit of a worry. Um, obviously Jim Goodwin's whole mantra when he came in was to stop us shipping goals, which you know, other than the Motherwell game has been sort of so far as expected. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully it's it's just a case of as they play play more, you know, Richardson and Colson maybe get a bit more coaching defensively and then we'll hopefully be a bit more sured up and a little bit less less wobbly. Yeah, and I, I suppose, you know, the, about that clean sheet, you know, that's the first time since January 2021 that we've kept two clean sheets in a row. So quite telling, um, what the problem has been for us in recent months anyway. And, you know, funnily enough, that opposition was St. Johnson and Livingston, which, of course, we, we've kept the clean sheets in the, in this game as well. And we actually did have a hat-trick of clean sheets um, with Motherwell thrown in there. Johnny Hayes had a good chance to open the scoring um, just before the wa- water break, which was something I didn't expect to see at, at Pataudry, despite the fine weather. But I, I thought please not another day like this when we were wasting opportunities because it, it really was some really good build-up play, fine work from Johnny Hayes and just got the finish all wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this isn't going to be the sort of story of Hayes' season. Obviously, he's had a couple of them now um, where he's just, just fluffed his lines in the box. Um, but th- thankfully, it wasn't one of those ones that came back to bite us. Um, obviously, like the Celtic game. But... Um, <clears throat> You know, I think I think it's one of those things with 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 Johnny now. I think he's more there as the senior player in the squad, um, there to coach Coulson. So I don't know if maybe that's playing more on his mind mm. and being more of a sort of on-field mentor, and he kind of lets his head wander a bit. But it was another solid performance for him, so I'm not gonna not gonna hold it over him too much unless he misses any more sitters. Yeah, I know. Well, he certainly made up with it with the assists later on in the game. But you know, you thought when that water break came about. Um, it would give Jim a chance to kind of regroup the players, get them a bit more fired up. But uh, that wasn't to be the case. It was Livingston that continued on, on the front foot. And, you know, in, in Keller Rose, a keeper who 
didn't have his best game the last time he stepped out with Tawdry. Really stepped up when it mattered with with a really terrific save from from Obalai because you know that was when Livingston were really on top and you felt if you know they'd got themselves in front. We know what Livingston can be like, tough to break down at the best of time, let alone when they had something to would have had something to defend had that found the back of the net. So a really good, smart save from Calaros there. Yeah, no, it was a it was a superb save to to, to get himself down his left hand side. But I, w- I was impressed with him. I mean, before he came in, um, I'd spoke to a couple of friends of mine who watch a lot of Championship football. Some of them mm. are Derby fans, some of them not. Um, and their their words were, "Roos was a great shot stopper, but don't expect him to do much else." And I was mm. I was quite impressed. He's been coming a bit more into it. I thought the first couple of games we've seen of him, he was a bit flappy and a bit sort of hesitant, especially when coming for for crosses, but. Um, I think against Livingston, a team where you've really got to kind of command your box um, with the way that they play, I thought he did did really, really well on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I think, you know, when he was called upon uh, on Saturday, especially, he he stepped up to the mark and that's absolutely what we needed. And, you know, like the game against Motherwell, despite being on the back foot, the game changes on one moment. And the same happened again on Saturday. Livingston sloppy playing the ball out for the back and, and really good awareness from Vicente Bissouin to, to pounce on that opportunity on Jack Fitzwater's poor touch. And he was brought down and it's it's a penalty to Aberdeen, red card to Livingston. No real complaints on the award of a penalty. Were you surprised to see it a, a red card as well? Or again, um, that it, it It's one of those ones where you see players booked, you see players given a red. Um, personally, I think, you know, there's been this whole argument past past few matches about, um, you know, the, the letter of the law and really by the letter of the law, Vinny was in. So I think the referee really had no option. You could argue sort of double jeopardy. But um, but no, it was, I, I think, you know, it was the first real time he'd kind of pressed Livy in that scenario. Mm. Um, quite often it was mainly just Miofsky doing a lot of the pressing himself, which, you know, it's it's never going to be a successful press. Um, and I think that maybe took Fitzwater by surprise, um, having the sudden appearance of the Sowen sort of around him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm not complaining about it, you know. <laughs> it changed yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's a good point about the press. It was really the first time that they were put under that little bit of pressure mm-hmm. and oh, I don't know if it's if it spooked them a little bit, but, but good, good sort of, forward thinking from from Vicente and um, Boya making absolutely no mistake from the spot grabbing his fourth league goal of the season to to give us I think what I said at halftime a rather undeserved lead but ultimately it doesn't matter how you take the lead taking the lead in at halftime gave us something to build on on top of the fact that Livingston were then down to 10 men. Yeah I mean Livy's one of those teams much like you know your mother wells and St Perrins that the longer you let them off with you know getting into half time with a draw or maybe one up, and um, the more it's just going to punish you because they're just going to sit deeper and deeper, and um, just play the ball long. So I think that goal was really important in in changing the sort of game mode in our favour because, like you say, we were we were under the cosh for the longest time, um, and I think if we had went in at nil nil, it would have been been a totally different game, and I don't think we'd have been half as open. Okay, maybe the ten men mm. kind of helped to open up a little bit, but. Um, wouldn't have been half as open if it was still nil nil. 
yeah yeah i agree on that and, uh, and you know thanks to all of you that are um coming into the the comments live on our, our youtube channel tonight um during this episode i am making a note of some of the questions because they are more related to later on and and just keep your thoughts and opinions um coming and we will we'll certainly get them up on screen when um we need to and and you know on that point about about halftime there phil it's kind of you know i thought well, Jim Goodman made probably the, the goal changes his team talk slightly because he was probably, I think, probably going to send a rocket up a few people with some of the performances we, we saw. But I still felt that, yes, 10 men, you're right there, does affect things for the second half. But it was almost like there was a few choice words for a few players because it, it really did feel like a, a, an energised Aberdeen came out at the start of that second half and two minutes into the second half, Boyan has a free header two yards out. I know he's doing really well to get on the end of the cross, but you know, on another day, we could be sitting here speaking about Boyan getting four or five goals from the game. Cause, and, that, and that was really the intensity that, that we saw throughout that whole second 45. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he, he probably took a little bit on from the Motherwell game. I mean, it was, a, it was a pedestrian performance for the 90 minutes there. But, you know, going into halftime against Motherwell, I think everyone said the same thing. You know, it's, you know, we're looking a bit lackadaisical in possession. And it's the same thing with Livy, you know, loose passes, sort of sideways, easy, safe passes, mm-hmm. not really getting much penetration. Um, and I think, you know, at halftime, it's a, look, you've got to step on it now. Because if you don't, then, you know, even with 10 men, Livy's a team that can punish you. Like I say, they're a big physical team. They're, they're just going to sling balls into the box at any chance. Um, but yeah, the second half, we just came came out guns blazing, which was was a pleasant change. Yeah, and, and you know, it wasn't just Boyan that was missing headers. It seems like Anthony Stewart's got a bit of a 50p heat because every <laughs> corner set piece that was falling to him was just bouncing in a, in a totally opposite direction. He must have also, you know, left Pataudry thinking, how have I not got my first Aberdeen goal this weekend? Yeah, I mean, both both Boyan and even one or two of Stewart's were, were probably easier to score than to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think goals will come for 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 Stewart. Hopefully, I mean, he seems strong enough in the air despite his height. But um, but yeah, I, some of them I don't know how they ended up where they did. Yeah, it was it was really quite remarkable. And for the second week in a row, Boyan, you know, missed that chance just a few moments earlier. Has a goal ruled out, and um, for offside, rightly, clearly offside mm-hmm. this week, yep. unlike last week against St Johnson. No complaints uh, around the referee for for that one. But wonderful ball vision from Leighton Clarkson to feed him, and also you've got to commend the finish despite him being offside. On Leighton Clarkson, you know, quite you know, certainly earned all the praise and plaudits from, from last week, but I'm not sure if it was positional, positionally or just the opposition. It was quite quiet this weekend, and I think, you know, for me, I felt he was being played out on the right wing by, by Jim Goodwin. You know, speaking to Jack Gill on, on last week's episode, he felt he was more of a number six box-to-box midfielder. I think Saturday showed playing him out wide is definitely not where, where Leighton will, would like to play. No, I think he, he got lost in the game a little bit. Mm. Um, I think I'd spoke about it on Twitter a little bit. Maybe it's a physicality aspect. Um, I find that he was kind of buoyed a little bit when he did get on the ball and he was closed down. But when he's actually in possession of the ball in space, I mean, there's no doubt he's a brilliant ball player midfielder. I don't think any of us can deny it between his strikes, you know, this season and and his passing. Yeah. But um, yeah, he he definitely was a little bit of a passenger. Um, and I'm surprised he didn't come off 
earlier than what he did. Um, obviously, yeah. took that knock in the first half. Um, and you could see it bothered him for the rest of the game. So, again, whether that kind of just threw him off, you know, not throwing himself into challenges or, you know, getting into too many battles. But, um, yeah, he was a bit, a bit of a passenger at times, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with, but again, I think it was the more the fact he was probably in a position he's not overly comfortable with. Oh, but definitely. again, these are just minor things in the grand scheme of the game. I know people like to think I'm overly negative, but it's points that were quite quite glaring to to see, and I guess goes back to the the whole point of this squad this team still being a bit of a work in progress we're not we're not the finished article as you know we're still two days out from the transfer window closing yeah no I think I mean when, when you look at some of the players we've got on the bench that we've really not had an opportunity to see fully you know like Duke and Morris and um, you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the team does come together as the season mm-hmm. goes on especially when you look at the competition we've got in midfield um, I think that that's one of the things as well. Um, Goodwin's just got to experiment, you know, um, and and figure out what works best, who plays best, where, um, and it will be one of those things that will just develop as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was Duke that did replace Leighton Clarkson just shy of the hour mark, as you said, after picking up that knock in the first half. Clarkson did kind of limp, hobble off. But despite his impressive showing as a substitute, it was Ross McCrory that got Aberdeen the second goal. Lee Seymour in the comments saying, Ross McCrory for top three of the goal-scoring charts. You know, it's fair to say Ross McCrory, you know, hasn't exactly scored tap-ins this season either. He's also been up there with some some good thunderbolts uh, into the the roof of the net. And, And Saturday was no different. And what I liked about this goal as well Yes, the finish comes from a poor clearance from a Livingston perspective. I'm sure um, the, the Livy boys will have been dissecting that on Talk Livy, but that build-up play down the right-hand side was was really a joy to watch, especially that back heel from Johnny, who was, I don't know, I can't remember who he was trying to find, but it was just so aesthetically pleasing, the, the build-up to that second goal. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a lot of good build-up play down our wings um, on Livy, and I think that was something that, we kind of missed in the first half at times. Um, that's obviously where it was best to exploit them because they're they're such a narrow team, especially defensively. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was some finish on his left foot as well. Um, I think you know the opposite to Clarkson, where he's getting played out of position. I think McCrory is coming more into his own now that he's he's getting moved back into midfield and getting yeah. used less as sort of a, a defensive pillar. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, he can just keep on keep on improving himself really um especially going forward i mean i always just fancied him as a as a holding player but i mean clearly showing signs of being more box to box than anything yeah and he certainly knows how to how to finish the ball as well and i think for me i actually thought he finished from inside the box i didn't appreciate until i saw sports scene back that it was outside the box and actually a really good composed finish but you know as i said duke did come on and he was impressive. We've we've seen a lot of the impact he can make off the bench, not just physically in terms of kind of bullying defenders, but also that pace that he possesses. And that was really something that, that Joe, when he joined us on the, the Getting to Know You part um, episode we did with him around Duke, said that was the kind of role he had in Benfica B. He was better almost coming on and attacking tired defences 
I don't know, really know if you can call this uh, Livingston defence tired after 56 minutes, and especially uh, at Kansar, who came on at half-time. But it was him who Duke gave loads of trouble, and it was him who um, brought Duke down for the second penalty. Kaiser in the comments saying they were both definite penalties. Uh, and for me, again, I don't think Livingston can have any complaints about this. This was really excellent play from Duke drove to the byline, cut the ball back, and when he tries to cut back, his legs are taken away. I, yeah. I don't really see what the issue Livingston had with this decision. No, I mean, I mean, cancer was done for pace the minute the ball went over the top. He, he was never catching up. And, I mean, it was it was just, it was, it really, you use the cliche term, it was schoolboy defending. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things you're told is don't dive in in the box. And the first thing he did was went to ground in the box. And, you know... It, it made no sense because as soon as you seen Duke cutting back, you knew he's a way to get wiped out. Yeah. As soon as he cut back, so I, I don't know why there was all the protest around it. But no, I I thought Duke really when he when he came on, it did change it. I mean, obviously they're playing against ten men, mm. but like I say, I mean, Livy's a big team. They're not exactly a quick team, you know. Like Kansar, Devlin, they're relatively slow. Um, so I mean, if you can exploit down the wings with with Bashian and. And Duke, you know, you're you're always going to have opportunities come up. Um, yeah, and one thing I quite liked was the fact that, that Goodwin was actually not afraid to change it early. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was a part of the the injury knock, whatever we're, we're going to call it, to, to Leighton Clark, because Jim Goodwin never referenced it in his um, pre-match conference uh, ahead of the Annan game uh, today. So I'm not sure if, if he's going to be fit, but I liked how he went positive because we were tuning a lot, keep keep that intensity going, and put really that that pressure on on Livingston, and not just sit back on our laurels against ten men. Really give that crowd the entertainment that we were looking for. Yeah, no, I I, I thought really it was well the bench didn't really leave you much option but to bring on attacking subs, but <laughs> to to you know go go all out and um, and then bring on the likes of Duke um, and then bring on Duncan later on in the game. It was positive, and I think, I think Goodwin knew that we needed a big win to kind of keep, keep it not keep everyone outside because nobody's offside, of it, mm. you know, nobody's turning on them. But you know, um, you've seen what the atmosphere has been like in Petardry so far this season. It's been totally different to what I've known it to be for the last few years. Um, so I think you know, putting in those sort of dominant displays is really going to help help keep them favourable and and keep everybody in a good mood. Yeah, and I suppose for those that are playing fantasy football, we'd have been absolutely delighted uh, when Aberdeen got a penalty because fully expecting Boyan uh, to take the penalty and um, looking to double his tally, double his tally, I should say, sorry. But selflessly gives the ball over to the little muscle boy, Vinny Visawin, to give him the opportunity to open his account for the season. What did you make of that, that decision at, at the time? Were you surprised to see it, or were you, were you impressed by by that act of selflessness? Um, I was confused, in all honesty. <laughs> um, I kind of like I looked away to speak to my dad for a few minutes, um, and I, I just turned around and I seen Vinny taking the ball and thought, oh, he hasn't thrown like a hissy fit and like mm-hmm. demanded the ball. I wasn't really sure what was going on, um, but obviously you seen by the celebrations that wasn't the case. But um, I think you can really just put it down to to selflessness, although. Miofsky's probably kicking himself because he could have had a hat trick. But um but no, I think I think it was good. I think I think Vinny needed it. Um 
obviously, you know, he's 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 been outstanding this season. He's kind of just been missing that that goal in a big match. So mm-hmm. um hopefully this sort of kicks him on in terms of maybe finding the net a bit more. Um but yeah, I think I think Boyan will probably a bit a bit miffed he hasn't got a match ball at home now. But but yeah, probably. But I think it also shows the kind of spirit in this mm-hmm. team. Um, we saw, you know, a lot of collective celebration from the team. You kind of saw that uh, the first penalty, Boyan um, pointing to, to Vinny, probably highlighting the work he did to win the penalty. And then similarly, when, when Vinny scores his penalty, him pointing to, to Boyan to probably say thanks very much for, for you know, giving me the opportunity to, to open my account. But there does seem to be a real togetherness, a real bond in this squad and I think that's actually quite impressive given the the high turnover that we've gone through this summer that there is that camaraderie already at this early stage of the season yeah I mean you, you see it in all the all the media content the club puts out whether it's on red tv or on twitter or now on tiktok which they're on you know yeah. you, you can definitely see that these are well one players which are enjoying playing football which is always a positive for for getting getting results on the pitch, but mm-hmm. I mean they're 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 players which clearly get on. You know, there's there's no bad blood. They're all wanting each other to succeed. I think, I think maybe because they all they're, they're they're all here for the same reason, which is to you know try and move on to bigger European clubs potentially in the future. And um, yeah. you know, but it looks like they're all definitely definitely backing one another. And um, you know, you can see it when there's big challenges. I think Ramadan is always the first in to to try and push someone off for. Yeah. Square up to somebody, so it's it is a, a a good thing to see. Yeah, and you know, there's a, there's a few of you in the comments as well speaking about the the red shed. You know, Kaiser again saying it's the best thing to happen for for atmosphere and Scotty lad as well. You know, saying it's making a big difference to the games, and I think you did see that. It was quite funny as well. I felt a bit sorry for Vinny because when he was stepping up, you you did hear a few boos from the red shed. They were a bit almost like disappointed that it wasn't going to be Boyan getting a chance to to add to his tally. Obviously, um, sarcastically, uh, not not anything against Vinny directly, but it, there was a, a terrific a- atmosphere by that that group behind the goal created throughout the ninety minutes on Saturday once again and. I, I, does does attacking that red shed in the second half make a difference? Was it the fact that we were playing some good football make a difference? Both, yes, probably. But the atmosphere, I think this season, I do agree with what you said, does seem to be much improved from from the last few few years. Yeah, I mean, I my my season tickets in the south stand, um, and seeing. Seeing the scenes in the red shed, I was I was a bit envious of everyone that was in there. Um, but it's 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 one of those things that I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter and on various you know platforms um, mm-hmm. about the red shed and how it can improve. And I think things are starting to come together slowly mm-hmm. but surely. You know, there's still a lot that um, that a lot of big voices who are a big part of the red shed have discussed and have mentioned to the club. Um, that for various reasons, whether they're valid or not, have been sort of put on the back burner. Um, but it's one of those things that's slowly starting to to get together. And I think you can see the impact it's having both on the pitch and off the field. You know, everyone seems to be in good, good spirits. The team are clearly playing some good football. Um, and you can see how much they enjoy um, jumping the railings and causing the stewards a bit of a headache. But it's yeah. always good fun to see. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it was more good football that led to Aberdeen's fourth goal because Johnny Hayes, who does seem to be playing some of the best football in, re- in recent seasons of his career with a, a wonderful ball through to Boyan Miofsky and just what a finish. What a finish into the bottom corner. And I almost felt sorry for him because everyone's going mad and he's scared to celebrate thinking he's going to be flagged <laughs> offside. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I think someone had mentioned it. I don't know if it was on a podcast or on Twitter or where it was, but someone had mentioned that is the sort of run he likes to make, mm-hmm. is that diagonal towards one of the posts and putting it back across the keeper. And, I mean, clearly, obviously, he had one disallowed earlier in the game. He had one disallowed similar at St. Johnston. You know, it's um, it's clearly yeah. his bread and butter. Um, and clearly, he's, he is a natural finisher. I kind of had my concerns. And he was coming in thinking, you know, tends to play on the right. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more of a winger playing in the Hungarian league as he'd really be tested, you know, by defenders or keepers. But he's clearly got a natural knack for finding the net, and um, long may it continue for our sake. Yeah, exactly. And I, I suppose, you know, to, to go on what Scotty Lad's saying there, it, you know, Majowski is sheer class. I think that's a very good assessment. And if we can keep him injury free, he's going to score a barrel load for us. And someone else I've seen on, on Twitter say that. We're really going to have to appreciate him whilst he's here because yeah. that's six goals for the season now uh, in, in all competitions. He, the more he keeps up this level of performance, because there was at times on Saturday's game that I felt he was maybe a bit anonymous, and that's through no fault of his own. I think it goes back to the point that you made about the the lone striker trying to do that that press. It's a difficult job for him. And I'm, I'm meaning anonymous in the sense that when we were on the back foot, in that first half, he was feeding off of scraps. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the second half, one through ball, just offside, goal disallowed, one through ball, beautiful finish for 4-0. There's just little moments. He doesn't need to be hugely involved in the game. You just give him that one opportunity, that one run. And okay, the Motherwell game didn't really go to plan with it, the chip over Liam Kelly, but he knows where the back of the net is and I think nine times out of ten, you're going to trust him to, to find it in that one-on-one situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he draws a lot of parallels to the start of Ramirez's career with Aberdeen. You know, he, he was the same. He was playing a lone striker role. Didn't really have much. You know, when we were off the ball, we struggled a little bit. But when he, when he gets the chance, he's he's clearly more than capable of, of, of providing the goods. Um, but it's one of those ones, I think he went under the radar for a lot of people. Because obviously mm-hmm. no one really knew about him. And yeah. like I say, I think he was 10 to 1 for the Golden Boot at the start of the season, which is now starting to look like pretty good odds, considering he's probably about 6 to 4. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think, like 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 it was mentioned, if he, if he stays injury-free, I think he'll be a massive player for us this season, especially if he can just keep that hot streak going with, with finding the net when it's needed. Yeah, and I think the fact that bookies are still offering, you know, near enough two to one for him to score any time just now in Premiership games. Anyway, I wonder how quickly those odds will be um, put seriously down. But you know, in terms of the team spirit, we we spoke about it, the, the penalty goals. I think that kind of was also highlighted a, a little bit as well. I like this comment from Angus McDandy saying Hayes is a man possessed this season and and he was when he when he broke through at 4-0 up and I thought he's going to get himself on the score sheet to round off a terrific performance. 
but he was also trying to be quite selfless and try to square it for Mayovsky, maybe feeling a bit sorry that he hadn't quite got his hat-trick yet. And, you know, when you're 4-0 up, you can kind of forgive that sort of thing. But but should Johnny have been a bit selfish there and just tried to get himself on the score sheet instead? Yeah, I think I think you should. Know, I mean, a lot a lot of his performances this season have probably merited a goal. You know, he, he has ran the socks off and he has done a lot of hard graft. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess you see why he cut it back. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's the type of player Hayes is and he always will be. He's a very selfless player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did think once... Once it never made its way to me, obviously, I thought, you could have just belted it, surely. Yeah. You could have just belted it. It's your left foot, after all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if it had ended up in, in the instead of the red shed, everyone well, just said, why did you not Why did you not square it? But that, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. The joys of being a football fan, we can we can do it either way. But um, as you said, you mentioned about changes. Um, I quite like, again, how Callum's not on here to discuss a fine performance from Vinny Bazao and the fact that Jim Goodwin finally made five changes after all his ranting on previous episodes. And Hayden Coulson, again, looked impressive in that left-back slot, picked up a slight knock that, that saw him come off and give Jack McKenzie some minutes under his belt. But we also saw Ryan Duncan get, get similar minutes as well. And what a way... To, to cap those minutes by grabbing your first senior goal for the club you've supported as a boy. What, what a special moment for Ryan Duncan. Yeah, no, I was um, I was chuffed for him. I mean, uh, him and his, his family stay not far from my aunties, so I, I used to have a quick kick about with him um, when he was about eight and running rings around me. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's always great to see somebody living out your dream. You know, you're, you're never at all envious. Um, mm. But no, um, was was delighted for him. Was most likely a cross, but I mean, not not many people can say they've scored for for Aberdeen at eighteen. So yeah, fair play to him. yeah, and despite Matty Candy shamelessly trying to steal the goal <laughs> off of him as well, don't know if it flicked a, a loose hair strand of of Matty, but definitely Ryan's goal in that. Maybe not how he dreamed scoring his first goal, but to be honest, if my first goal for Aberdeen was. Uh, you know, similar to Darren Mackey and uh, Alan Coombe off the back of my head. I wouldn't yeah, care. I would take it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. All day long. Um, we usually do the memorable moment feature on the show, and despite Cam's absence, it's no different. Um, I'll start with you being the guest on the show, Phil. What is your memorable moment from the 5-0 win over Livingston? See, it's it's, it's torn between two. Um, I was going to go for, for, for Ryan Duncan's goal. Um, just because it was a, a nice, a nice feel-good moment for him. But um, for me, it was, it was really just the scenes in the red shed. Um, was it? Yeah, I mean, not only was there unity in the red shed, there's unity on the pitch, and it was, mm. it was just good to see things coming together. Um, and like I say, seeing, seeing the players sort of react to the appreciation they were getting, and sort of appreciating the support from, from all of you behind the goal. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, it was, it was a nice memorable atmosphere. No, it's not not very often my dad's singing along at the football, but even he was he was joined in at times next to me. Yeah, that is a, a great quote, by the way. I'm definitely using that on the Twitter page to advertise that. So thank <laughs> you very much for that soundbite. Um I was actually torn between between two as well. The the classy play and finish for the fourth goal was really what I was wanting to to go for because I just love a goal like that. Split the defence wide open and and just the confidence to put it in the way. It just goes into the bottom corner as well. But 
I think when you see an academy player come through um, and, and you know, manage to break into the team, a local lad scoring his first goal for Aberdeen at home, something me and you would have loved to do, probably yeah. dream about, well, I still dream about scoring for Aberdeen at night. I'm not afraid to admit that. I think for me, it's got to be, be Ryan Duncan scoring scoring for, for Aberdeen, getting that fifth goal to, to really seal the victory. Yeah, no, it was... It was, it was one of those ones that, that everybody um, loves to see. You know, I'd, I'd seen somebody on Twitter saying that um, his mum was sat, uh, you know, a few seats or a few rows down from him and she was tears of joy. And I'm pretty sure his dad was in the Pataudry bar and he'd missed the goal because he, he wasn't at the game and he was all <laughs> all crying and all, all all joyful. So it is, it's it's one of those things that, you know, even even if that was the goal that only made it 1-0, you know, and it was a scrappy cross-come shot, I think everyone would have went away feeling and in good spirits if that was the case yeah yeah absolutely so not only have we we got loads of goals to talk about on on the show today but we also had another clean sheet and i think that's also just as important as getting the goals because as i said first back-to-back clean sheet since january 2021 the defense stewart scales colson richardson even keller rose we already highlighted that importance they're going to take a huge amount of confidence from it. Yes, they weren't really tested much in, in the second half. As we said, you know, circumstances dictated that with a red card, but they did have a really testing opening half hour. And we saw how in the Motherwell game, you know, one like, kind of lapse in concentration, one slip cost as a goal. There wasn't really that against Livingston. They did stay focused despite the pressure. So, you know that back five, you know, to include Kel Rose in there, will will be really happy with their performances from the weekend. Yeah, I mean, one one thing defensive defenses thrive off of is consistency, and I think this is looking like it's going to be consistently our our, our back five, as you put it, including Roos. Mm-hmm. So the 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 longer they they get, you know, time together, the, the the more clean sheets are just going to naturally come. But I think it will do a lot for their confidence, and um, so hopefully. Hopefully, it's just a case of, of sort of, you know, making sure those sort of scrappy errors, which we've seen all too often last season, don't sort of reappear, um, which I, th- I think won't be likely. I mean, Scales has looked classy on the ball, and Stewart's clearly shown himself as, as good at organising mm-hmm. the back line. And I think having, because Roos hasn't really made any mistakes at all this season, I think having somebody behind you that you're confident in also is probably going to help the back line as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad, Angus McDandy, that you still dream about scoring for Aberdeen and you're way older than me as well. That makes me feel a, a lot better <laughs> as well. Um, but um, Phil, two wins in a row and it's a back-to-cup action. Um, we're back to the Premier Sports groups, uh, group stages, knockout stages. So this is the joys of doing live podcasting. It is the long trip to Annan on Tuesday night as the Dons head to Gallabank to take on League 2 outfit Annan Athletic. It's been a lot of talk on Twitter today um, and yesterday as well about whether or not we should be making any or some changes for the the game tomorrow night. Obviously, Annan playing on a plastic pitch as well. We saw some knocks picked up to both Hayden and and Leighton uh, in Saturday's game. What's your kind of sense of feeling ahead of the game on you know going with a strongest possible eleven versus making changes? Yeah, I mean. I think, you know, everybody would love to play their strongest 11, you know, 100% of the season. But I think in a game like this, I think it's a good opportunity 
for us to make some changes. I think obviously, like you say, Hayden and Clarkson are are both going to be probably not going to play. It's not worth the risk. Um, I'd also probably argue Hayes might not play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'd be a good chance to see the likes of Morris, see the likes of Duke maybe getting in from the start, seeing how he can affect the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Duncan, you know, I think he's probably earned, earned a start. Um, obviously used to playing against that level of opposition as well from his time at, at Peterhead. So, um, yeah, I would, I would like to, I would say you'd want to make some, obviously don't totally overhaul the squad and make 11 changes, but um, you, you, you know the areas where where changes are probably going to benefit you in terms of resting legs and, and preventing knocks going into the weekend and then Rangers next week. Yeah, uh, Ross County next week. Well, Ross, Ross County. County the weekend, sorry. Yes, um, but Rangers the week after, yeah. No, you're, you're right. Um, uh, Rob, hopefully that answers your question about um, whether or not we think there'll be wholesale, wholesale changes tomorrow night or will we go with our strongest team and keep the positives going? Because I think... Well, I hope we've learned the lessons from that that Wraith game the last time we did kind of make changes and kind of rested on our laurels. I think I said today that I would rather, you know, start some of the strongest players and then take them off if the game allows. I'll keep the word if in there uh, for, for the time being. And I think, you know, the point that Jeff makes, will the plastic pitch affect the selection tomorrow? I think it will. The the likes of Hayden, he's had an ankle injury, obviously, before he came back against St Johnston. Will that knock that he picked up on Saturday affect it? You know, we we've always seen in previous people with those kind of sort of knee ankle injuries, if they were long term sufferers from it, tend not to to often play. If if this is this could also be an opportunity to 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 bleed some more minutes into Jack McKenzie, maybe do forty five minutes about for both of them. I don't think there would be many that would have any qualms about Jack McKenzie starting the game in place of um, Hayden. And I think there's been a few of you in the comments as well that is, um, have been shouting for Ryan Duncan to, to possibly start as well. And and again, if he was to start in place of Leighton Clarkson or you know the likes of Duke maybe to, to start in, in, in place of Leighton, again, probably not too many qualms on that either. No, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think everyone wants to see likes of Duke, likes of Duncan, you know, getting in from the start, you know, seeing how they affect a game. Um, and I think, you know, no no no, no disrespect to Hannon at all, but, you know, it's the sort of games where you are going to make your changes. You mm-hmm. know, and you're most likely not going to see, like you're saying, Matty Kendi, he's he's notoriously yeah. had, um, had, had those sort of niggly injuries that are, that are difficult. So I, I wouldn't see him really start and he might come on for a little bit um, but I think I think it'll be interesting like I say I think Goodwin's still got a lot of players to experiment with and, and see what works so it might be, be the prime prime chance to do that maybe change up the formation um, mm-hmm. you know try out three at the back five at the back whatever sort of model he maybe looks to use as a backup to the to the four at the back so um, I think it'll be interesting viewing regardless um, and hopefully hopefully we don't make a meal of it and make it difficult for ourselves. Yeah, uh, and just one more then, just for you. Nobody's mentioned it in the comments, but it was something I was thinking about earlier. Would you change the goalkeeper ahead of tomorrow's game? Um, I, I'd be inclined to say yes. Um, I think, you know, Joe's had us run out of the team. It'd be nice to see him back in the goals. Um, but, again, Roos has done nothing wrong. 
in mm. terms of being dropped. I think it's more just, you know, to to, to give Joe a run out and mm. and let him have some minutes. You know, hopefully, if we do win the cup, he'll he'll get a medal for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Be fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you know, I I would tend to agree about changing the goalkeeper. You know, sometimes you see a cup goalkeeper uh, in these sort of competitions, but then. I'm also wary that we, you know, we've had two clean sheets and we would want to continue building that that confidence and feel good factor in the defense. Um, so I think I think we'll end up just you know continuing with, with Calaros and goals. But again, it goes back to the point that nobody would be disappointed at whoever starts uh, in goals, both more than capable, I'm sure, um, for for a game like this as as we look to take another step to, towards Hamden. But I caught up with Annan Athletic goalkeeping coach John Connolly to get the view from the Annan camp ahead of tomorrow night's fixture. So let's hear more now from my chat with John. John, welcome along to Red Tinted Glasses, goalkeeping coach at Annan Athletic. Great to have you on the show to give us an insight ahead of Tuesday night's game. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, no, yep, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm probably very excited at the prospect of what I'm sure is set to be a sellout crowd at Galabank on Tuesday. Obviously, yeah. you guys earned your right to, to face Aberdeen after a very successful group stage campaign, uh, going unbeaten, including a respectable draw over 90 minutes against St. Johnson and then beating them on penalties. Yeah. What did you put down to that success that you guys had in topping your group? Um, I think hard work, to be honest with you. Um, boys were in a good attitude and... Uh, we knew it's not going to be easy against the, the mostly full-time teams in our section, so we had to work hard. Um, they would say they're more gifted players. We've got a few of our own, um, but what our hard work and being in a, a good shape and just sticking to what Gaffer was telling the boys got us through it. Yeah, I suppose that's going to be key come come Tuesday night as well. Do you think the players will have learnt? You know a lot from the the game. If we we take St Johnston in particular, they'll gain confidence for that um, ahead of the game on Tuesday night. Absolutely. Um, so I say when you play against your Premiership clubs, we've got a lot of young boys in the team as well who would have learned a lot from that game. Um, we've got experienced boys who will help the young boys who have played in big games before. It's all about. But for our point of view, we will need to be very very patient and disciplined and try and keep a tight, tight shape. And the longer it goes on 0-0, zero, zero, <laughs> uh, the pressure then becomes on the Premiership team. Um, as I say, we have nothing to lose. Everybody's got us beat before a ball's kicked, which suits us down to a tee. Yeah. So uh, as longer we keep it 0-0, zero, zero, um, the pressure then switches on the Premiership team. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what's making me nervous about an away tie to a lower league team that is always going to be the pressure is on us, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting down to Galabank and ticking another stadium off the list as well. But unfortunately for you guys, the the success from the League Cup hasn't really transpired into the league. Um, sitting ninth, we're recording this the, the Friday night before you guys travel to Albion Rovers at the weekend. Just yeah. been one win in the league so far. Has it been a struggle transferring that form from the, the group stages into the league or has it just been a bit of hard luck? It's a bit of both. Um, frustration more than anything. Knowing you could call it the old hangover maybe. Yeah. I, maybe... The expectation is on us to do well and to be the top team maybe got on us a wee bit. I don't know, it's just a mixture of everything, I would say. A wee bit of hard luck in games as well. Um, 
we haven't particularly played really, really bad. But on the flip side, I don't think we've done enough to win the games that we've lost, if I'm being brutally honest about it. Yeah. But again, um, I could just call it angle, but I've got a very belief in this squad of players. They're a good bunch. Um, as I say, the League's Cup section just showed that, the Premier Sports Cup, that if they work hard together, the rewards are there. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen it. Just, just hoping it turns around a wee bit. We've been unfortunate with a couple of injuries here and there as well, but that's the same as every team's got to get that. It's just up to the other boys that step in to make the mark. Yeah, I suppose maybe the, the win in midweek over uh, East Kilbride, albeit I know on penalties, but look, a win's a win no matter how it comes, especially in a cup competition. I suppose you'll just be hoping that that's maybe that kickstart, certainly for your league campaign, looking ahead to the weekend. Albion Rovers, boys, I'm sure wanting to be in that starting 11 for when Aberdeen come to town, you'll be hoping that works in your favour. Yeah, that, that's the carrot there, right there. It's a Tuesday night game. Um, boys will want to get into that game tomorrow as we're speaking and get ourselves in the team for Tuesday, make it hard for the uh, gaffer to drop them. But again, I think Tuesday night showed us what happens when we work hard. Were we flowing and great? I wouldn't say so. But we worked hard and we got our rewards and that. It was good to see that back again. And uh, hopefully this has turned a wee corner. Yeah, especially when your your goalkeepers two for two in penalty shootouts as well. That'll be something to to watch. Um, I'm sure there was a goalkeeping coach are more surprised he's, that the goals he's scoring uh, as well as um, performing yeah. at the right end of the pitch. To be fair, on Tuesday, I says to, uh, even the early night game, I say to the gaffer, we actually do do it in training. We do it as a wee warm up, hit penalties, and he's and he has hit them before with like system run stuff. So he has scored before, and. Being an older player and a young squad as well, an experienced player, it's a no-brainer for me because he takes one. And mm -hmm. he has a cool head and you can always rely on him to save. I'll look for a minimum of one or two of them in a penalty shot because he's good at them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is the mood like in general? Obviously, again, we're, we're recording this on Friday night. Are minds maybe drifting a little bit to Tuesday or is there no, full focus no. just now at the weekend and then I'll be a bit of excitement for, for Tuesday, I suppose? To be fair, Aberdeen, no disrespect, but Aberdeen, the Aberdeen game's not even been mentioned due to probably the poor results we have in the league. So mm -hmm. Albion Bogles games, is our main focus just now. Um, so Evans into that, and then obviously Tuesday night takes care of itself. It's, yeah. it's an easy game to get up for. Yeah, but yeah. It's again, we spoke, touched on earlier on. If boys are out there tomorrow trying to get a jersey for Tuesday as well, so if it is in their mind, it will be in the mind of they need to go and produce tomorrow to make sure they're in that starting 11 for Tuesday night. Yeah, and, and as I mentioned, you know, a, a sellout away end making the, the trip down south, um, a, you know, a good four, four or five hour trip for those traveling from the northeast. What's the mood like in Inan in itself? Is there excitement? Around this tie, I assume it's going to be a sellout for the from the yeah. women as well. Yeah, there is. As I said, even last night, looking around, you've got the portaloos have all been delivered mm -hmm. for you know, to facilitate the Aberdeen fans in the way end and stuff, and they've laid out extra space for people to go. So the, the moves have been made by the club to go and make sure that the Aberdeen fans are facilitated. Mm -hmm. uh, but for, for a player's point of view, and a, for the town, it's great to have one of the, the top clubs in the country down in a sellout crowd. It's, it's what all the boys want to play in. It's what the clubs wants to be in part of as well. Yeah, and and you played Rangers last year. 
do you think the players will have learned from that experience as well? You know, obviously the a home game against a, a big club and the sort of crowd and experience that that will bring as well. Absolutely, um, everybody that watched that game will not. As I seen, first half I'd say first twenty minutes were a wee bit. I think the boys were a wee bit off it, but after that, um, as I say, even getting into half time, the manager got them in, got them organised and settled. And we done this. Everybody that watched the game second half will notice that we done ourselves a lot of justice. We tried to play football. We weren't just got to sit with eleven men behind the ball and hope for mm-hmm. the best. We try and have a go. We'll try and play the right way as well. So, no, we've learned a lot from that. And obviously, the cup section at the start of the season there with St. Johnson and stuff, there's a lot of discipline in playing Premiership clubs. Um, so, it's a good thing for the boys. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you guys know what, what's required, hard work, discipline. And yeah. I suppose, you know, some people will also think that this game you'll have a, a slight advantage with the pitch. You know, I'm not going to make excuses because we've got plastic pitches in the Premiership, of course, at Kilmarnock and Livingston. But given the fact that you guys train there uh, on a regular basis as well, do you think that does have any bearing on the game as well, the fact that you have that plastic pitch? I'll be brutally honest, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Um, As I say, it's a long travel for Aberdeen all the way down to a plastic pitch, so I'm hoping that having it is against yourselves. If I'm being brutally honest. Um, but it's just been real aid. It's just a new pitch. The club have done well. Um, the Rangers tie last season obviously facilitated for that to happen. So it'll be, it's actually a good thing uh, for Aberdeen as well because it is a brand new pitch and it is really, really good. Yeah, and I, I suppose, you know, it will be a long journey. And like I said, we're recording this on Friday night. So yeah. obviously Hayden Coulson's come back uh, into the squad last weekend against St. Johnson obviously had picked up an ankle injury. Maybe it'll be interesting to see those players that do have knocks and niggles, are, are they risked on the, the plastic ahead of um, next weekend's game against Ross County? And I suppose it depends, again, what the result is this weekend. Is there going to be extra pressure on Aberdeen or extra expectation, depending on on how the game goes against Livingston this weekend? But I was speaking to Ben Carmichael, uh, an Allen fan, um, who gave me a few players to to look out for. Uh, one of them, of course, is the the man you coach, Greg Fleming. Not just because, as I said, he's two for two uh, in penalties this season, but purely down to his experience. You know, nearly a hundred appearances with Peter Head, Premiership experience with Gretna Stranraer as well under his belt. As well, what you said earlier. Yeah. I think you're probably expecting a busy night for Greg, but. From an Allen point of view, you'll be hoping that he continues that form he had in the, the group stages. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's just the group stages, to be honest with you. Um, Greg's been, in my opinion, the best keeper in League Two last season. Um, and he's event, he's just got better this season, which is, mm-hmm. I think it's just the older he's getting, the better he is. He's a lot like sharper. A um, he's been outstanding in league games. He's been my match in two of league games so far this season, which speaks volumes. And obviously the penalty shootouts, if you know you've got a chance with Greg there. So, no, I wouldn't say just say it's been this season. Greg's been outstanding. His experience is invaluable, especially mm-hmm. back. we've got a lot of young boys. As I say, we've got a, quite a young squad as well. It's yeah. a good mix of experienced boys in there. Um, we've got a couple of boys like Chrissy Johnson, little winger, who's at Kilmarnock and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, these are boys that we need to rely on. We've got Centre half Stephen Swinglehurst. This is his testimonial season, so he'll be 
it's obviously a big game for him as well. He's been there with Anne in the cup games, Ibrox, etc. So he's experienced stuff. Uh, Scott Hooper at centre half with him as well. So these boys are massive with Greg for a lot of the younger boys around about them. Yeah. You mentioned there Chris Johnson. Um, I'm sure um, from social media, if I recall rightly, name, nicknamed the Harry Haggis during his time at, at Kilmarnock as well. And um, Ben calling him wee messy just due to his tricky nature and his, and his height as well. I suppose, again, in terms of when you come up against a premiership team, you're looking for somebody to be that creative spark. I guess that will be what you guys are hoping from from Chris on Tuesday night. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I just think Chris is one of the players the higher a level you play against, he's, he comes into his own. And he's one of the ones he gives you a breather as well. If we are under pressure, but, um, which you think well, you know Hub is under a lot of pressure. He's a great out ball to get us up the pitch and yeah. get us in that final third. And hopefully, as I say, the little magician we call him, um, <laughs> hopefully he can produce something. Yeah, well, hopefully not in my case. But um, I suppose the other threat as well, when you know we're saying that you were wanting a good game from your keeper to keep you in the game, well, in the same respect that when we preview games going to Ibrox or Parkhead, when we need to be clinical, you guys will be hoping to be clinical if chances come around on Tuesday. And, and that falls to, to Tommy Goss, your six-foot-four striker. Obviously, Aberdeen coming up against another kind of physical presence in, in Joel Nubley this weekend. Yeah. How important will Tommy be in terms of holding up the ball and then allowing you know the likes of Chris Johnson to, to get bring you guys forward? Tommy will be. Yeah, as I say, it's, it's, again, it's like a Chris situation. When the ball's got to these boys, they need to... Like, hold it for us and be that physical presence and allows that part. But we've got Tam Muir as well up front. Could got there's another big physical presence. So we've got options up there. Uh, Aidan Smith is an absolute little powerhouse as well. So there's plenty of options up there, up top. But you're always looking for your strikers to score goals and try and get that little one through. But the boys I've just mentioned, I've absolutely no doubt they'll produce for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm sure, like you said, this, the game needs no motivation um, for, for your players, a, a sellout, a chance to impress against a, a Premiership team. I guess, you know, you'll just be hoping that you, you guys more than hold your own. Absolutely. As I say, we have nothing to lose. We are underdogs. Um, all the pressure's on Aberdeen. Um, so, but on the flip side, it, we want to do well. We want to progress in the Cup as well. And we're not going out there thinking, oh, we're going to, we're going to have a go. We're, mm-hmm. We've done it St. Johnston. We're unlucky not to win the game in the normal time. Um, had the post in the last minute. So we're, we're going out there to win the match. That's And I'll be honest, I'm, there's no reason why we can't. No, exactly. It's there's no reason why you can't. I'm just hoping you can't, and then in the in the nicest possible way, obviously. But John, you know, absolute pleasure. And um, thank you very much for for taking the time um, and Friday Friday evening to discuss a game uh, on Tuesday. Good luck tomorrow against Albion Rovers. I won't wish you luck for Tuesday, um, but if I see you on Tuesday, I'll, I'll give you a shout and all the best to to yourself and Anna and Athletic for the rest of the season as well. Thank you very much. Take it easy. That was John Connolly, the Annan goalkeeping coach, who joined me on Friday night to look ahead to tomorrow's game. Thanks to Kaiser, who says, I know my stuff. 
Um, it helps having to do some research and have a bit of a quiet time on Friday lunchtime. You can tell I spend my time well. Um, for those of you that, that aren't sure or didn't know what the annual result was at the weekend, they drew 2-2 against Albion Rovers in that game. Coming from behind twice, Tommy Goss equalising uh, in the first half from the penalty spot before Benjamin Luson. Um, that's how I'm going to pronounce the second name. A player they signed from Queen of the South in the summer, grabbing a 92nd minute equaliser after Albion had taken the lead in the 91st minute. So some good team spirit shown by Annan there ahead of Tuesday's game. And I'm sure, Phil, they'll take confidence, you know, despite drawing the game, the, the fact that they had that that fight back in, in, them, in that game, uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's game. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like John was saying, I mean, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, you know, the players they're they're just gonna want to go out and, you know, sort of show themselves um in a positive light. So I think having a positive result on the Saturday is only gonna benefit them. Um so yeah, I think it'll be an interesting tie. I think it'll be one of those classic um, you know, first sort of ten minutes. I think it'll be uh, us feeling out what 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 the plan is. But no, I'm looking forward to it. Should be good fun. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to heading heading down the road. Um I'll be certainly putting in the miles this week, 436 mile round trip tomorrow and then 232 on Saturday um, for the weekend's trip to, to Ross County. One thing though, Phil, before we finish uh, the episode today is obviously we've spoken about squads, Aberdeen. Do you think with the transfer window closing on Thursday, if there are certain players missing from the squad, i.e. Uh, Marley Watkins, Connor McLennan, a uh, certain player who might be tattooed on your leg. Yeah, um, shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there maybe some question marks around their future ahead of Thursday and the transfer window closing? Because, uh, and also, do you think, where do you think Aberdeen need to strengthen between now and Thursday? I think it's one of those things. I mean, maybe with the exception of McLennan, um, there are definitely boys that are, you know, would probably like to see themselves in the team week in, week out. Like you mentioned, Watkins, Ramirez, Bates, you know, they're um they're 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 gonna be wanting to play football at this point in their career. Um McLennan maybe not so much, but I, I still could maybe see him going somewhere where he's gonna get football, whether it's premiership level, I, I don't know if he's proved himself at that level yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. it might have to be the, the the case of taking a step down and and um, working his way back up, but um, I think there'll definitely be some outgoings. Hopefully not Ramirez for the sake of my sanity. Um, <laughs> but in terms of incomings, um, you know, I think you'd mentioned earlier on about Goodwin saying saying one or two still to come potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would I would love to see more coming in. Where where we're going to sign is anyone's guess. Personally, I'd like to maybe see a little bit more depth and defence. Yeah, um, that, that's a little bit, a little bit oversubscribed in midfield and and then um, in 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 the wide areas now. So, so some sort of defensive cover would be would be appreciated. You know, as we've seen with 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 Coulson, not I'm not trying to say injury prone, but you know, definitely looks like he there, there's the scope for him to be out for for big parts of the season. Yeah, but I suppose at a left back with Hayden, you've got Jack McKenzie there as cover, mm-hmm. and I think it was Kaiser that mentioned in the comments about we can't really rest the defense because we've got nobody really to to fill in. Really, only at yeah. centre back we've got Jack Milner's cover. So even if we got uh, another, for me, I think defensive cover would be the priority, and the the one or two coming in. 
Uh, and then I think it was Freeanne McCarley who replied to us on Twitter um, earlier saying that a, a, a more forward-minded player would be be a luxury. And I think that would mm-hmm. kind of really is a, a good assessment of what Thursday will bring. But uh, our hope here on Red Tinted Glasses is to do another live on Thursday um, looking back at the cup game against Annan, previewing, of course, the Premiership trip to Dingwall and then discussing if there has been any signings, any outgoings or any rumours, just kind of like what we've done tonight, jump on, do another live. Um, a lot of you seem to have enjoyed the live tonight. Um, Kaiser, thank you very much for your interaction. I hope you enjoyed Jeffrey DeVisher's appearance. <laughs> um, uh, uh, that one really tickled me. Um, um, so thank you to everyone who has either liked the show, subscribed during the show and interacted. And for those of you that are catching up on audio, maybe tomorrow as well. Hopefully this has helped pass some of the journey time towards Anne and if you are listening pre-match as well. Thank you to you as well, Phil, for stepping in and ably filling Callum's shoes. That's all right. That's all right. It's a pleasure to be asked on again. And like yeah, at least it's, as, as we said, at least it's been a lot more positive to speak about. And you never know, we might even get you on on Thursday night as well to get a third voice um, ahead of the transfer uh, rumours that are going along. So thank you very much to everybody that joined in tonight. And thank you to those of you that continue to support the podcast through either audio or via YouTube. If you have been watching, even if it is on catch up, leave us a like, leave us a comment with your thoughts. And remember, wherever you're tuning in, hit that subscribe button. Until next time, thank you very much.